2: Nation TGIM edition of a show, How to show on the streets here on the Friday, giving you that Bama football news in my own words. Or truly, Stephen Smith of TDA. How we feeling? How we feeling? Excuse me, one more time. How we feeling? Bringing you the show, the magic city of Birmingham, to wrap up the bye week. Uh, you can. We're giving you the show from Madison City of Birmingham. You can stream the show via YouTube. Speaking of the channel, you go ahead right now. You tap that subscribe button. You hit subscribe right now. You get every friend, family member, diehard Batman fan, casual Batman fan, consumer of Tide Football too. subscribe as well. Because if you're filling the content, they will also. Hit that thumbs up. Like the show, run those likes up to the moon. We're trying to get this thing 50 likes out the gate. To start the show. We appreciate that. The daily super chat go $100 daily. Super chat going 100 bucks right there. Thanks to you guys, Bama on the bye week, but we all know what looms next. LSU, the matchup next week. Brian Denny. November 4th, 6.45 p.m. Central Time kickoff. CBS, this game always has been massive matchup. You look at conference championship uh, indications or implications, uh, national championship implications, recruiting implications. Bama LSU has always been something of marquee importance. But to begin, Eli, Topic number one of the conversation this evening. Uh, Is Bama getting a new punt returner? Big news came out Wednesday in uh, player interviews involving one sophomore wide receiver Isaiah Bond, who told reporters, you should be seeing me soon. Returning punts. This is big. Isaiah Bond, of whom a former four-star Electric wide receiver, Buford High School in Georgia. A young man that's a big-time playmaker. And uh, Bama looks like it's making a change there on punt return. Trying to get a bit more explosive play. Trying to get a bit more positivity. Trying to get a bit more action where the special teams was concerned. Now, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Has served as the punt returner this season. And of course last year as well. And Kulaida. Good defensive back. Good corner. But being a punt returner. That's a whole different skill set Eli. As a cornerback. You're playing on an island. It's mono and mono. Man on man. I'm locking up your best guy. You're playing on an island so to speak. As a punt returner. You're more of an offensive guy, right? You're setting up the offense with either a really good field position or, if you're that good, you take the ball coast to coast and you score it yourself, the punt returner. On top of that, that position requires you to be a lot more keen in on catching the ball cleanly, judging the bounce of the ball well, not losing your team field position upon catching the ball or fielding the ball, but you gotta look at where's my block setting up? Who's blocking for me? Which lane do I take? How many can, can I make the first guy miss that tries to attack me? There are so many variables when it comes down to returning punts, and uh, you know, Kool Aid, uh, the variables not in his favor. So now you look at, at Isaiah Bond, of whom uh, returned punts in high school. Uh, Did a pretty good job of that at Buford High. He is the fastest player on the team. Uh, We've seen that, you know, right there in front of us. So, here is his opportunity to create explosiveness, to create lightning, to create big plays in uh, that area of of, of, of the football aspect. And uh, in years past, we've seen... Mara Key Punt returners in the Nick Saban era. You know, Javier Arenas started it off. You had Javier Arenas do it. We've seen success from uh, um, uh, Eddie Jackson doing it. We've seen success from Christian Jones and Cyrus Jones doing it. We saw success from Jalen Waddle do it. So here comes Isaiah Bond. So this is going to be very funny to watch. Once again, no offense to Kool Aid. But Isaiah Bond gives you that added element of explosiveness. He gives you that added element of big playability. He gives you that added that added element of being able to take it to the house and give you another option to score on that side you know the ball. And uh, if I've said this once, Ian, I've said this quite a few times, what is something that former offensive coordinator for Alabama, Steve Sarkeesian, said? You want to frustrate a defense so much to where they have to defend every inch, every angle of the field. You want to do so many different things well. And for Alabama, what's kind of been a struggle so far is on punt return, can Alabama have a guy that can take that rock coast to coast, that can take that football and score with it from special teams' point of view? Well, here we go. Isaiah Bond Mentioning on Wednesday, I returned punts in high school. I've been working on it here in Alabama. You should be seeing me soon returning punts. So I'm looking forward to watching that take place there on the field. And maybe, Eli, maybe. Remember, 2019, Jalen Waddell took a punt return back for a touchdown against MSU. That was 2019. Does Isaiah Bond do it next week? Hey, something to kind of think about right there. He does wear number 17, by the way. So, there's something to think about right there. We take our first break here on the show. Oh, touch that down. We're just getting you started here upon our return. We go on the phone lines. We grab your calls, your thoughts, your conversations. I mean, how do you feel about Isaiah Bond getting that shot there as a punt returner? We'll get your thoughts right after this.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is the deal. Each week your us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment
2: All right, folks, we're back rocking and rolling to the action from the break on a Friday. Hottest show up in the streets. Number one forum for Bama Football News. In my own word, George Trumi, Stephen Smith of TDA. Happy to have you guys here. And uh, gotta give a shout out to my man, Dale B. Dropping in that $20 dollar donation, putting the love there in the bucket there. Appreciate Dale B. And then my man Bill, Big Bill from New York with the $5 donation helping us out there. That daily Super Chat Go, $100 daily Super Chat going $100 bucks right there, thanks to all of you. We go to the phone lines now to grab your calls. A uh, call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. I'm going to call in there, 205-448-1358. 1358 you're live on the show what's happening how we feel and state your name and where you calling from
3: how's it going steve this is jay pensacola
2: jay what's happening man how you doing i'm doing good man doing good i mean i know it's kind of weird Bama on a bye week, not playing anybody. But you know, the guys have gotten some rest in. They've gotten work in. Guys have gotten healed up for some nagging things. And uh, they're getting themselves prepared for uh, an old SEC West showdown with LSU.
3: Yes, I, I am excited and anxious at the same time. I got four things, actually. The first time I'm going to ask you a question before you get to break. Um I am excited about as you know, somebody I was very excited. I I've been saying this for a while. I think Isaiah Bunn should return Prince. But somebody else brought to my attention, um, we can't afford to lose Isaiah Bunn if he gets hurt. He's one of our down players. So I I I recall back the twenty twenty season when Jalen Water got hurt from doing punt return and we lost him for the season. We still we still won this season, but it, it just, that was the one concern. Um, my number one question is, um, who 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 makes the beats when <laughs> we we'll be waiting for you to come on? Because the beats are fire, first of all. Okay, so the guy the
2: guy the guy makes the beats is our own John Ivory, the producer of the show. So John Ivory makes the beats, and uh, he, he just has an ear for music. So John produces the beast. That's John Ivory's brainchild right
3: there. Uh, he he did an amazing job. I give him ten thumbs up. Um, my my second question is: Do you think the committee will do the same thing to Alabama what they did to Kansas State last year? TCU, Kansas State, Kansas State had one loss too, but they beat TCU in the conference championship. But yet they still put TCU in there because they had an undefeated season. So if Alabama beats Georgia at the conference, I don't see the committee keeping Georgia off off the rim. So do you think there's a possibility?
2: I would say this, Jay. It it would depend on how badly Alabama beats Georgia, right? If Bama was to go out there – and beat Georgia by 14-plus, then uh, I could see the committee definitely putting Alabama in over Georgia. If it's like a game where, okay, Bama wins by three, field goal at the end, uh, then that's where it it could become very dicey. For Alabama, though, the focus has to be they got to play their complete game, LSU, on out, and then – get other teams ahead of it to lose. Thankfully, Alabama's back in the top 10 of the AP point number nine, but it's got to get other teams to lose. And then from LSU on out, they've got to start getting some complete game victories here.
3: Okay, and my last question. Um, I know Nick Saban is not the complete, um, not, not the tricky play type person like, like Lane Kiffin is. But I just had an idea. I, it may be stupid, but I want your opinion on it. So, you know how we got a fourth and goal, and and we get ready to punt, and uh, we get ready to kick a field goal. Will Rocket is uh, absolutely amazing. He, he hasn't missed since Tennessee. But I was thinking, have Ty Simpson, like he's to hold the ball, and Ty Simpson make a play. There could be some day, it's a risky play, but. It could
2: be something that works. What's your opinion on that? Jay, now, now, the the holder is James Burnup, but if in practice, if Saban and the special teams coach, which I believe is Coleman Hutzler, he does both special teams and outside linebacker. So if Saban and Coleman Hutzler got together at practice and they're like, okay, let's try something here. If something were to happen, and we could have Ty Simpson as the holder, and if something were to break down, we could have Ty Simpson scramble around to make a play or Ty Simpson find somebody in the back of the end zone. It, it could happen. It could very well happen. It, it, it comes down to has, uh, has Nick Saban and Coleman Hutzler thought of a plan for that? Right.
3: I agree, and I I, I thank you for taking my call, and i see you Monday. And have a good day and roll the tag.
2: Appreciate Jay from Pensacola calling in, getting us started here on a Friday. We grab this call, you're live on a show. What's happening? How are we feel and state your
5: name and where you calling from. How about you, Lucky? Mike from Kentucky.
2: Mike, what's going on, man?
5: Hey right, man. I'm doing great. I can't complain man, with I'm
2: Mike. P- I mean, I-, I know it's the bye week and uh, a lot of people are like, "Well, Alabama gets a rest this week," but the guys had the, the guys have practiced well. Uh, mentally, they're focused. Um, Alabama got some guys healed up from some minor bumps and bruises. Could be seeing a new punt returner. How about that?
5: Yeah, I tell you what, bro. The last time our punt returner wore number seventeen, uh, that cat flipped the field a bunch. Waller was one of the best we've ever had, bro. I do know between him and Arenas. That's the best two I can remember. I mean,
2: between between. I mean, Wano was phenomenal. Arenas was phenomenal. Uh, Cyrus Jones, the bad calf of 2015, got really good. Uh, Eddie Jackson was good in 16. I hate Eddie got hurt against a And M that year. He got hurt year. against Ole Miss, didn't he? Yeah, Eddie no, a- 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 got hurt against a And M the following week. Oh, a And M. A- yeah, A&M. Now, Ole Miss was the game where Eddie took a 85-yard punt return back, and that was a thing of beauty, helping Alabama beat Ole Miss. What was that score, like 46-40 or something crazy like that? Yeah.
5: Right. I'll tell you what, I got a feeling that uh, Kool-Aid going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder against LSU. I bet his coverage is going to be tighter than a bullfrog's butt, brother. I, I'm t- you know and, I, and I
2: think I I, I I think Saban may have him defend Malik Neighbors.
5: Ah, uh, yeah, you know how tight that is, don't you? That 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 that, that, that is real tight, my real tight, watertight, brother. A bullfrog's butt's watertight, brother. <laughs> man, I, 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 so I, so so so
2: so what you're telling me, Mike, is uh, Kool Aid ain't gonna let that man go nowhere.
5: Nah. Kool Aid ain't nothing getting by Kool Aid against LSU. You know, I mean, I hope. I mean, I hope it don't make him too mad, but I hope it puts a little. It's gonna give him an edge. Like, okay, now, now what? You know, I tell you, that, I've been thinking about this game a little bit. I think the big mistake you make when you're playing LSU's quarterback. Uh, God damn, I got brain locked. What's his name? Uh, Daniels. Yeah, that Jaden Daniels is you. Try to contain him more than sack him. If you over-pursue in your pass rush, that cat takes off every time and he gets big yards. How many times have you seen that dude turn a third and 13 into a first down with his legs? Most Most of the time, he depends on his legs, and they have a lot of confidence in his legs. I think if you just contain him, keep him in the pocket, our DBs and linebackers will take care of the rest. Mike I, Mike, I agree with you. And that's that's going to be big there on the defensive
2: ends, that being a Boyd B, uh, that being a Boyd B, Jaheim Otis, T.M. Smith, and then your outside guys, Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell, you don't want to dip inside. You want to hold that outside leverage. What? Now, your inside guys, Tim Keenan, you know, you want those guys collapsed in the pocket so that way he can't step up but you, you don't want your outside guys dipping in. You want them staying outside.
5: Yeah, you got to contain that cat. If you over-pursue him, try to rush on the, you know, from the outside and lose containment, dude, he's gone. Yeah. He's gone like smoke, and you ain't going to yeah. catch him. All right, man, that's all I got to say, brother. Roll Tide, everybody. Y'all have a good weekend. Appreciate Mike from Kentucky calling in here on a Friday,
2: and th- that's the big thing with Jaden Daniels. He's elusive. He's got what 20 he's got like 20 he's got 30 total touchdowns this season he's got 30 total he's got five rushing 25 passing Jaden daniels one of the best quarterbacks in uh, the country definitely the best quarterback statistically in the southeastern conference right now so you, you can't afford to lose containment of him we're going to take this call you live on the show what's happening how we feel and state your name and where you calling from
4: so, Stephen, it's Isaac from Obil
2: What's going on, Isaac? How you doing, man? How you feeling? I'm
4: good, man. How you doing?
2: I'm doing well, Isaac. I mean, I know for a lot of us, it's weird—the you know, bye week, not seeing a Bama football this weekend. But typically, the bye week comes before LSU. You get some rest in there. You get to heal yourself up from bumps and bruises. And you get a chance to prepare for another SEC showdown the following week.
4: Absolutely. Hey, I, I want to talk about Kool Aid though. See what's going on with Kool Aid, man. He he now he will cover. He he good in coverage, but this year he he starting to act a little a little diva ish to me. It's like he don't want to catch the punt. He don't want to tackle. I'm I've been watching him this year, Steve. He 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 don't look the same he looked last year. Cause last year he was talked about as one of the best punt returners in the country.
2: This year you don't want to catch the ball. What's going What's going on with Kool Aid? See you. What you think? I, I I I look at it like this. Some of it, some of it could be definitely nil related. When you get all of this nil funds, when you get all these nil money, and you and you putting it on the chains and the jewelry, which I'm not gonna tell I'm not gonna tell a guy how to spend his own money. You spend your money how you want to spend your money, but at the same time, NIL plays a role in that. And I mentioned this also, when you get to that junior, senior year, and these NFL scouts start watching you and documenting your tape, it's kind of a catch-22 because some players feel like, okay, it's my junior year. I don't want to go too, too hard because I don't want to get hurt. So some guys try to reserve themselves. And while I can see that, the, the, the negative to that is the NFL team see you trying to preserve yourself. They see you right. not going as hard. They see you not putting your all into it, and they're documenting that down. And they're wondering, okay, exactly. if, if he's not giving his all his junior year at Alabama when we draft him, is he not gonna give us is he not gonna give us all for us when we draft him to the NFL? So it's a catch twenty-two with that. When you when you when you look at, I'm not trying to get hurt, but at the same time, uh, these NFL scouts are coming to watch you go balls out, and when you don't go <laughs> balls out, they're documenting that as well.
6: Right.
4: Yeah, and, and and that's how I feel. I mean, I hate you hate to say a guy is, you know, not playing because he got money or whatever. But I mean, hey, it is what it is, because. I mean, Coach Saban said he can do it, or you know, whatever he said. Yeah, he can do it, but it don't seem like he want to do it, you know. So that's the like thing. Put,
2: and and, and yeah, Isaac put and Isaiah Isaac and, and that's and and that's the thing. It's like C- Coach Saban is not going to downplay his guys. We we know this.
1: Right, He's right, not going to downplay
2: right. his guys. He's never been that way. So obviously, we know Sabin's going to say. Kool-Aid is more than capable, which he is. But it's a difference between mm-hmm. being more than capable and actually wanting to do something. When you look at Isaiah Bond, Bond talked about, I just want to play football. I just want to be on the field. So, Bond right. wants to do it.
4: Yeah. So, at this point, I'm like, let him do it. Hey, Steve, I'm still mad at Kool-Aid, man, when we played Texas A&M and – uh. It was that one play when Anais Smith ran up the side. I think it was like third or fourth quarter. But anyway, man, Kool-Aid had a chance to knock Anay Smith's block off. I don't know if you remember the play I'm talking about, but they had him, like, trapped almost. Yeah. Was running right into Kool-Aid. He had a chance to knock his block off. See, I ain't saying hurt, try to hurt the man. But, I mean, come on, Kool-Aid. Like, lay a lick on him. He tried to grab him, Steve, and Nye Smith went up the sideline, and he almost scored. They called it back. But when I saw that, Steve, I'm like, oh, he don't, he don't want to tackle. He don't want to tackle. He don't want to catch the punt. I, I guess it's because they told him he's the number one cornerback coming out of the college next year, Next year, this year. I don't know. I'm like, but anyway, put Isaiah Bond back there because Kool-Aid don't want to catch the punt. But anyway, that's all I got, Steve. Appreciate you taking my call.
2: Appreciate you right there. Isaac from Mobile helping us out on a Friday. In my own world, George truly, Stephen Smith, TDA. We grab this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we we feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
1: Hi, Stephen. Bill from New York. What's up, man?
2: Doing good, Bill. Get, got a bye week here. Bama got a chance to heal up, rest up. And the next week, omsu oh, comes to Tuscaloosa.
1: Nah, that's all right. But let me tell you, the first half, uh, we have another first half like last week, and I'm gonna have to watch the games with my cardiologist, or maybe even go to the, maybe I'll go to the ER and watch games on the portable TV and there, whatever you call it. But you know, I mean, that was rough that first half. I'm texting, wailing, obscenity-laced tirades. I'm free. How many times can I change my shirt? But, but I gotta tell you, you know, when Diana came home. She was visiting her mother. She walked in, touchdown, touchdown, you know, and she's, you know, we're getting getting all these points, you know, and she's like, oh, you know, I got to go, wait, 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 come on, just give me a few more points. She got it, so, but anyway, what I want to talk about is uh, the defense. You know, it's an offensive game nowadays. We all know that, but this defense is just so good. Look, I count six linebackers, that are going to the NFL, guaranteed, and that's the guys I know about. Six linebackers. And what makes it even better is our line. The defensive line is so much better than it was last year. It's so much better, and it makes it easier for them. And the secondary is deep. We're going to make this guy Daniels. You're going to think he's Charlie Daniels by the time we're finished with this guy. We're going to annihilate LSU. We're going to walk on them. That's it. You know what I mean? and even like i say even though it's an offensive game you know our defense is just that good what do you think steven are we going to just dominate them and walk on these fools
2: I, I i i look at this game bill i like where this i like how this defense has been trending uh, these guys are completely locked in they saw what happened last year they're not trying to have that happen again but what, what, what i love bill is the emergence of chris Braswell. People have been talking Dallas Turner, and Dallas deserves everything that's been thrown his way in terms of awards and recognition. But what about the job by Braswell this year? I mean, Braswell is second. Everybody left and right. Uh, the, the, the job that Quandarius Robinson's done, Jihad Campbell, Deontay Lawson, and then the secondary. I mean, my goodness, Caleb Downs. We knew the kid had something special about him, but what a season he's having.
1: Absolutely. And, and it's funny with Broswell, Three times this year, and I might have missed a few, I doubt it, but I've seen him knock an offensive lineman into the quarterback and they both fall down like bowling pins. That guy's got superhuman strength, you know, and let me tell you, man, I just think we're going to annihilate this team. But look, thanks for taking my call. Roll Tide. I'm not even worried about this nonsense. We're going to, we're going to hurt them. Take it easy, Stephen. Appreciate Bill from New York calling in here on a
2: Friday, giving his thoughts on the show. We're going to grab this one. You're live on the show. What's happening? How are we feeling? State your name, and where you calling from? Hey, you doing, Steven? This is uh, Pat from Atlanta. Pat, what's happening, brother?
6: Uh, Doing pretty good, man. How about yourself?
2: Doing good, man. Doing good. I, I know it's kind of weird for <clears throat> me, this being the Alabama bye week me not. Being able to go to Brian Denny to check out a, a, a check out a game this week, but the players need to rest too. The players yeah. need to rest. Coach Saban needs to rest and get retooled up. And even I myself could use a rest here.
6: <laughs> right, right. I mean, us as fans need need a need a rest too. We need to recuperate. You know, from from the season It's hard on us too as fans, and you know what I'm saying. So, uh, and all that. But I was just calling in, man, to tell you my concerns. Uh, just going there and finish the rest of the season. Uh, remember we talked about a few weeks ago and we talked about, it was actually before, but um, the Mississippi state game when uh, we was, it might be before that game when uh, we was talking about coach saving and not being uh, in, you know, into the game or not getting riled up. And I think that next game, he kind of changed the whole, you know what I'm saying? Script of it. You know what I'm saying? He just started again, getting, again, uh, getting, getting on the guys, you know what I mean? So I think that, uh, this this uh coaching performance he putting on this year is the the best you know what I'm saying the best coaching I've ever seen from man like he's he's really into it but my only concern is left tackle man uh Proda is just he's too big he's he's too big and he's not recovering um uh, from a fast uh lineman like that's that that that's not a position no more to be um extremely too big the position now if you look at a tackle like Trent Williams or like that that's a that's a uh, you know what I'm saying? He's a, he's an athlete. He's not burly, big. You know what I mean? He's slim, fit, and can recover from uh, speed rushes now. So, and left tackle the only thing that concerns me. He's just a little just just a little too big, man. He needs to drop drop some uh, some weight, I think. I think I think this off
2: season, I think this off season what Caden Proctor should do, hook up with Miss Amy Bragg, the, the head nutritionist. Of the entire uh, strength and conditioning staff, along with Ms. Bragg, and, and and cut about 30 pounds. If he can cut about the if he, if, if he can cut about 30 to 40 pounds, get himself down 325-330. If he can get down 325-330, because keep in mind, Jahim Otis came in huge. Otis cut Otis, Otis cut over 100 pounds. Look at how much better he's playing. Tim Keenan came in huge. Tim Keenan cut about 28 to 30 pounds, and now Tim Keenan's a, sh- a flat dog. Look at how he's playing. So, if you're Caden if you're Proctor, get with Miss Amy Bragg this offseason. Get with the condition staff. Cut about, cut about 30 to 40 pounds, and you'll be a whole lot better.
6: A <clears throat> whole lot better. All right. Pre- appreciate the Steven. Roll Tide, man.
2: Appreciate Pat there from, from Atlanta calling to the show on a Friday, 205-448-1358. And I'm going to call in to let your voice be made known on the show, 205-448-1358. But I'm right there even on a <clears throat> bye week. But cool call topic here, Eli. And Eli, I'm going to try my best not to cry here in announcing this call topic because I got a chance to cover both of these two young men during their time at the University of Alabama. Blood could not make these two any closer. You wanna talk about, they laughed together, they cried together, they cared about football together, they won games together. As freshmen, they helped Alabama win a national championship in 2020. When they both became impactful starters, the job that both of these two did, In their final game together, they shared an emotional hug in the All-State Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. When they both got drafted in the top three, another emotional hug was shared. Bryce Young and Will Anderson will go toe-to-toe against each other Sunday on Fox Carolina-Houston. Oh, gosh, Eli, what a game this is going to be. I mean, I understand the NFL is a quarterback league. I get it. And people will put so much on Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud, the two friends from California. I get it. They're going to do it like that. But Will and Bryce going at it. Oh, man. Carolina looking for its first win of the season. Houston 3-3 three and three on the year. So much Bama on the field. Carolina, you got Bryce versus Bradley Bozeman. Well, Bryce and Bradley Bozeman, excuse me. That's Carolina. Houston, you got Will Anderson, Henry To'o To'o. Uh, you got Will, Henry, Christian Harris, John Mechie. I mean, you got the head coach of Houston, D'Amico Ryans, who played at Bama. So much Bama on the field. But Bryce and Will, I mean, (laughs) what fun that's going to be. Two young men that love each other, that greatly respect each other, that represented tied football in a first-class way. Fox got a good one. Fox got a good game at noon on Sunday. It's going to be a phenomenal one to watch right there. We take a break right here, folks. We'll touch that down upon our return. We dive into one, Jaden Daniels, LSU quarterback, and how Alabama's pass rush, led by Dallas Turner, is ready for him. We'll talk about it right after this.
3: What's up, Bama Nation? This is Rudy Griffin, former Alabama defensive lineman. And you're listening to my guy, Stephen M. Smith, in my own words. Brought to you by Touchdown Alabama Magazine.
1: Roll-tide, roll. Time
0: thank you for tuning in show your support right now by clicking that like button if you haven't subscribed hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best alabama football news notes and information right here on touchdown alabama
2: we're back into the action folks from the break hottest show on the streets talking bama in my own words yours truly stephen m smith of tda got my man elon walk in the production studio continue hitting the like button tapping that thumbs up liking the show hitting that subscribe button as well you before we get into topic two i had to chuckle to myself during the break because uh I love my wife. I really do. Uh, My wife, Mia, does an incredible job supporting the show. And uh, Eli, she kind of had me laugh there. So I'm going to tell you why she made me laugh. So Eli, my wife texts texts me. She goes, I can't believe you said even you could use a break. And so (laughs) as as, as, as I'm staring at you, Eli, from across the glass here, Eli, you think you and I can can use a rest, too? I I mean, Eli, we go hard, man. We go hard covering Alabama football. I mean, every Saturday, Eli. You are on the field getting some of the best video known to mankind. I'm upstairs trying to provide stats and information. And we're both in a Nick Saban press conference trying not to get chewed out by Coach Saban. I I, I think the both of us can use the rest too. I think we could, we could. But uh, shout out to my wife Mia. Always keeps me laughing, that phenomenal woman. Fellas, get you a woman that can make you laugh. When she can make you laugh and love Jesus at the same time, you got yourself something. But enough of me giving relationship advice. We're jumping back into the second topic here of conversation. i uh, being going take it on LSU this week. Well, next weekend. Coming off the bye week. And uh, we go back to last year. That was one of the games that Alabama lost to put it in the All-State Sugar Bowl instead of uh, competing for an SEC championship and a national championship. Alabama Suffering a 32-31 to loss in overtime to LSU at Tiger Stadium. And in that matchup, Jaden Daniels had a big game. Had 182 yards passing, 95 yards rushing, three touchdowns in that, in that matchup. And uh, here we go again, Alabama-LSU. Now, in the past, this game meant a whole lot. And it still means a whole lot. But in recent years, we talk about this game uh, – SEC implications. The winner of this game typically wins the the Western Division of the Southeastern Conference and goes to Atlanta to play for an SEC championship. This game has national championship implications. Normally in the past the winner of this game has went on to play compete for a national championship and then where recruiting is concerned Nick Saban has been able to walk right into the boot right into Louisiana, and get whoever he want to get. After beating Alabama last year, Brian Kelly feels like, okay, we can keep some of this in-state talent in-state. So, conference championship, national championship, and recruiting has been the big three things as to to why this matchup has been so important down through the years, especially in the, the Nick Saban era. And here we go again. The winner of this matchup he wins the SEC West. The winner of this matchup, a shot to potentially play for a national championship. And the winner of this matchup, recruited is going to be at an all-time high. And Brian Kelly got a chance to beat Alabama last year, so you know he's hungry to do it again. You know he wants a second shot at getting Back-to-back victories over Coach Saban. You know Brian Kelly is going to want to beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. You know he's about that. And he wants to be about that. So it's going to be, you know, a highly intriguing matchup. And Coach Saban has used this bye week to get his guys ready for to take on LSU. Whether it's been having guys, taking care of the bodies, getting back you know, healthy after dealing with some bumps and bruises the first half of the season, whether it's being him uh, having these guys work on fundamental tackling and covering and the things that they did in fall camp, whether it's, you know, having guys look at the mental aspect of watching film. Saban has done several different things over the bye week to get this team locked in on. Next week is a marquee matchup. You got LSU, and you got to be ready here for – this particular game, and when you talk Jaden Daniels here, well, not Jaden Daniels, when you talk Alabama's defense here and prepare for Jaden Daniels, here is Kevin Steele and Miss Alabama defense. I mean, they, they, they got a shot to really do something nice here. Alabama has been a second-half team all year. They've been a second-half team, especially on defense, where you talk about holding a uh, Ole Miss to three points in the second half, holding Mississippi State to seven points in the second half, holding Texas A&M to three points in the second half, and then shutting out Tennessee in the second half just last week. So, Gavin Steele and this defense, they got a chance to go out here and really handle business against Jaden Daniels, Malik Neighbors, and a very explosive LSU offense that can score they can put up points with the best of them. So, big challenge here for Steele. And a big challenge for Alabama's defense, especially the defensive front end, uh, containing uh, Jaden Daniels. Once again, this is a young man, 30 total touchdowns on the season, 25 passing, 5 rushing. He's one of the top quarterbacks in college football, is the top quarterback quarterback. In the Southeastern Conference, he is a Heisman contender, the Heisman front runner. And uh, when you got a guy who's that athletic, here is where not necessarily now we all like to see sacks, we all like to see the opposing team's quarterback get drilled to the ground. I mean, we like seeing that. But here's a game where sacking the quarterback isn't necessarily the big deal. Affecting and containing the quarterback is right because uh, Jaden Daniels is that type of athlete to where if you over pursue and he breaks contain uh, he-, he breaks containment of the pocket now he can use his feet and he's picking up 10, 12, uh, 15 yards and it's frustrating your defense. This is a game where you want to see gap integrity. At the highest level your defensive ends tim smith justin aboy B, jaheem otis jamarian latham these guys have got to control the outside edge as defensive ends you can't allow the offensive lineman to force you to go inside to where jayden daniels can pop outside now you gotta keep that outside contained and force him to step up, but step into guys like T.M. Keenan. Step into guys like Damon Payne. Step into those interior defensive linemen. I mean, this is a big game for Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell. Now, if you get your hands on Jaden Daniels to sack him, finish the play. Finish it. If you get your hands on number five, finish the play off. But... Bigger than that, rushed outside, keep contain on him, force him to either step into the rush on the inside, collapse in the pocket, or force him to throw that football away. You got to be able to contain Jaden Daniels. Sacks are good. They make the stat sheet look great. But this is a game against the MSU where sacks aren't the big thing. Containing an athletic quarterback, containing a Heisman Trophy front runner is the big thing. And Dallas Turner spoke on it this week in player interviews. He said, We gotta all be on the same page. They got a really good quarterback in Daniels, they got a really good group of wide receivers, they got a solid offensive line. This is a very exciting matchup, but we gotta be on the same page. That's what Dallas said. We got to be on the same page, doing our job, following our responsibility, reading our keys here. And the biggest key for Alabama is going to be gap assignment football. Eye discipline. Alabama's got eye discipline, and they play gap assignment football. Should be able to handle Jaden Daniels. But. We go to another break right here, folks, from the show. Don't touch that dial. When we get back, we jump into again those phone lines. Ring those lines up. Light us up. Let us know how you feeling. We get to you, the Bama Nation, right off of this.
3: Thank you for tuning in. Show your
0: support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama.
2: All right, folks, we're back in rocking and rolling to the action from the break on a Friday TGIF edition of the show. I'm just showing the streets, covering your Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith, TDA. Got my man Eli Walker in the production studio right here. Continue hitting that thumbs up. Tapping the like button, smashing the like button, making this your spot here. For all things Bama, hitting that subscribe button as well. Daily Super Chat Go, $100 daily. Super Chat Go, $100 right there. Appreciate all of you. We're going to go to the phone lines to grab your calls. Call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205 448 1358. Number to call in, 205 448 1358. You're going to have show what's happening, how we feel, and state your name and where you calling from.
7: What's going on, Steven? It's your boy, Coach Smook, man. Been a while. How you doing,
1: brother?
2: Coach Smoke, man, I can't complain, my man, can't complain here. I know Bama on that bye week, it's all kind of weird, no, no football for Bama, but we all can use a rest, even one coach saving, but he's got the guys uh, ready to roll next week for LSU.
7: Oh, yeah, man, I think so. This team is, uh, you know, they're turning that switch on at the right time. I made a tweet last week um, after the um, Arkansas game, and um, – I said every, the college football's biggest fear is that Alabama's going to figure it out before it's too late and all the hype that's out in the pack and everywhere else is going to disappear. And as you saw, the way we played in that second half, you 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 pull up YouTube now, if you follow any college football content creators, every time you turn on ESPN, anything about college football, Alabama's back buzzing. And the word on the street is Bama's back. But I beg to differ. I think we never left. We just have a different mentality now. The mentality is there. Um, we saw the development. Uh, a lot of fans were kind of tweaking out early in the season, you know, but it's a process. We we went through the same process early in Saban's, um, in Saban's career, his stint here at Alabama. You know, 2007 to 2009, it was not, you know, the golden era. We, 2008 wasn't blowouts every game. 2009 wasn't blowouts every game. We had games where you just saw guys developing, and that's what I'm seeing with this team, man just a new sense of, of um, attention to detail. And um, I want to give a shout-out to Tommy Reese, man. A lot of people not giving this guy credit right now. But Tommy Reese has been thrown into, like, a position that a lot of offensive coordinators with far more years of experience would be struggling heavily with right now, um, being an offensive coordinator coaching under Nick Saban, knowing that you may have a solid philosophy on what you're trying to implement – But you have to buy into, even as a coach, as a coordinator, your play calling style and what you see on the field has to buy into that process. And not a lot of coordinators can do that. And for him to be 31 years old, I want to say 32 years old, 30 years a play caller, you know, on the college level, he didn't, you know, call at the high school level. He came right into the college level as a grad assistant, QB coach, and then he was calling plays. So this guy's developing at a rate that we need to appreciate. And you know, I will. I, I'm. I'm excited to see what he's going to look like against LSU. Being that this this is a game, this defense gives up a lot of, in the run game. This this defense, anytime they play deep offenses that can uh, lead the game, they can be balanced in the game, leading with the run attack. I.e., Arkansas. I.e., Ole Miss. Both of those offenses thrive off the run game. They build off the run game. Tommy Reese wants to call that similar play play that similar uh play style. And I think it could could pan out good for Alabama. And this defense is just elite, man. Um, Arnold back healthy. I think Amos is going to see more of the field. I think we're going to see more of Malachi and Caleb over top, um, forcing Key down to, you know, getting those man cover situations, walking them closer to the line of scrimmage, because he displayed a different skill set this past weekend in the second half, too, that I didn't have, you know, too much confidence in. So I'm excited to see what this team is going to do going forward. I don't want to give no predictions or anything going forward, but I'm really excited about this team, Steven.
2: I I mean, smoke I am also, and uh, if you want any indication about the job that Tommy Reese has done in terms of his his growth game by game, you look at this. Jalen Milrow has a passer rating of 175. That's in the top ten in the country among quarterbacks in college football that's number two in the SEC behind Jaden Daniels. So he has a 175 passer rating. And then uh, another thing about Jalen Milrow—he's averaging 10.6 yards per attempt. That's number three in the nation. So uh, the growth here that Tommy Reese has taken with Milrow. Uh, here's another. Here's another crazy stat. Here—it's it, it, crazy. Of Milrow's 13 touchdown passes, 10. Uh, have come on throws 20 plus yards
7: sir and that's so, that's a stat to highlight because it's it's a consistent stat with jaylen Muro and even how tommy reese is placing those uh pass plays those those big shots they they've been in good spots you know early on in the season against texas they were questionable you know he didn't really have a grip on how this team needs to move but I think with this offensive line growing, Caden and Proctor and uh, Latham really so, uh, solidifying themselves and taking a step forward this past weekend, uh, uh, getting those tackle spots sureed up, and then just the play calling, the sets that was out there, man. Tommy Reese helped those guys out a lot. We saw a lot of Robbie Oots on the left side, at, at, you know, H-back on the line. We saw a lot of Dupree there. We saw a lot of split with knee black, you know, motioning in, chipping the end, chipping the edge. It was a lot of things that, as Bama Nation, we were asking for in Week One from a guy who hasn't even called a game on the coach saving yet. You get what I'm saying? So no, no film work to work with. You know, no, no time to get adjusted to, uh, you know, adjusting the game film sessions and how to implement those things. Like he's he's really developing, guys. So I'm excited. And and to a point, man, this LSU offense has not played a solid defense yet. I'm 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 tired of people like they they nice. Jaden Daniels is nice. But they haven't played a defense that has four or five legit guys on, on that side since, of the ball starting. Since
2: Florida State. They, they, they haven't played anybody since Florida State.
7: Right. And, I mean, and even Florida State's defense is not great right now. So, I mean, that was just, you know, week one catching everybody green, good look, you know what I'm saying? That's that's what that game was. But this LSU offense is going to see something different. Kevin Steele is – is, these are the type of games Kevin Steele thrives on when it comes to his play calling. Deontay Lawson, Jahai Campbell, Tresman Marshall, and I even think Kendra Blackshear and Quandarius Robinson are going to be uh, highly implemented in the rotation in this game.
2: It's going to be a good one, man. It, it, it's going to be a fun one in Tuscaloosa next week. Appreciate your smoke.
7: Yes, sir. Hey, have, have a good one, man. I'm going to still tune in, man. Roll Tide. Much love to everybody in the chat. Blue Inch Gang, much love, everybody. Coach Smoke, they're calling in right there on the show on a Friday. It's going to be a fun matchup.
2: Bama-LSU, it's always been a fun matchup. I mentioned this before. This game, conference championship implications, national championship implications, big recruiting implications. It's always been that way when these two titans clash. Oh, collide. Excuse me, two titans collide. Clash is not a word. Collide. Golly, do I have to have a dictionary on the show now? Collide. There we go. There we go. But uh, cool call topic right here, folks. Could a Bama legend, a former five-star, a Heisman winner, a college football playoff national champion, a former All-American, could one of the faces of the National Football League be on the move to a new team? Derrick Henry. The Tennessee Titans, I've said this, they're wasting Derrick Henry. They really are. Henry, three-time Pro Bowler, 2020 first-team All-Pro, 2020 NFL Offensive Player of the Year, two-time NFL rushing yards leader, two-time NFL rushing touchdowns leader. I just feel like Tennessee's wasting him, just like Atlanta wasted Julio. Now... Derek, at 29 years of age there are several teams right now interested in getting Henry in a trade. One of those teams, the Baltimore Ravens have expressed huge interest in wanting Derrick Henry. The trade deadline is on Halloween at 3 p.m. Central time to move players. That's the deadline. Eli, if the Ravens were to get Derek Henry could you imagine Lamar Elfreaky Freaky Jackson with Derrick Henry? I mean, that's just, that's just sinful. That's just wrong. Lamar Jackson, Derrick, that's just wrong. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys have expressed interest. I kind of don't want to see Derrick and Big D, though. I kind of don't. I have my reasons as to why I don't. I'm not gonna divulge into those. I just don't want to see him in Dallas though. I, I just really don't. Derrick Henry in Miami? Hey, Dolphins. Hey, Miami. And I know y'all got Devon A-Chain in them, but uh, hey. Pick up the phone, Miami. That'd be cool. I can get down with that. Just saying. But uh. The the trade talks heating up. Derrick Henry could potentially be out of Tennessee. If it happens, I'm cool with that. We take our final break here on the show and touch that down. When we get back, we wrap things up with a little discussion. I just feel like this Alabama-LSU game is not being talked about enough. I get into why that is right after this.
4: I'm Malachi Moore. You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith on Touchdown Alabama YouTube channel.
0: Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. What's going on? This
6: is Benny Bites. I'm the founder and owner of Touchdown Alabama. And you guys are supporting one of the only independent outlets covering Alabama football today. No other sports, no networks. Just Alabama football. Roll, tie, roll.
2: All right, folks, you're rocking and rolling right into the action from the break. Number one ticket, baby. Bama football news, in my own words, George truly. Stephen Smith of TDA. Happy to have you guys all in here checking us out on the show. Continue hitting hitting the like button, smashing that subscribe button, making this your spot here for all things Bama football news coverage. A lot of good stuff right there. But final topic here or discussion of conversation for Alabama for the show here, Look at this this Alabama LSU game, Eli. Is it me or I'm just not seeing more conversation on this game, right? Normally, when it's Alabama LSU, you got ESPN college game, day breaking they breaking their neck to get down with Tuscaloosa. I don't know I don't know why I said that. I got my sister in law in me right then. But you got you got you got folks breaking their neck coming down here to see this matchup you got espn game day down here you got you know sec nation sec network down here you got everybody and their great grandmothers talking about it this time around you don't see just a whole lot of conversation between alabama and lsu for for this particular matchup right now and it should be a lot of conversation because both teams have uh, their destiny right in front of it, right? Alabama wins, they represent the West in Atlanta, SEC Championship. LSU wins, they can represent the West in Atlanta, SEC Championship. Both teams have a shot to um, compete to get into this college football playoff. Both teams uh, know how big recruiting is. Nick Saban knows how big it is. Brian Kelly definitely knows how big it is. It's the reason why Brian Kelly left Notre Dame to come to shoe. because he couldn't get the type of players he wanted to get at Notre Dame. Couldn't get them. That's why he chose to come down to the south to LSU. So, this game should have more tension on it. This game should have more eyeballs on it. This game... Um, should have I mean Bama fans should be a, a little concerned, you know, about this game. I know some I know some people are like oh, we're not concerned about LSU, not concerned about this game, but LSU's coming in with firepower. They're coming in with uh, two or three receivers that can make a lot of big plays. They're coming in with a Heisman front runner at quarterback. They're coming in with a good run game. They're coming in an offensive line that's looking to impose its will, and they're coming in defensively with one of the best players in the country, that being Harold Perkins, among other big-name guys. LSU's got talent. LSU's got difference makers. LSU's got dudes. This is one of the games of the year where it's the most physically draining as well as mentally draining because you're putting everything into this matchup. So more should be talked about when you discuss this matchup. I go back to, remember the game of the century, Eli? Final score was 6-9 to LSU. People don't realize 48 players from that game combined got drafted to the NFL. 48, Eli. That game, and and I was a college, I was a freshman, at U.A. watching that game. I was a freshman inside the stadium. I remember when uh, Drew Algamon made the kick, I was sitting in between two sorority girls. They squozed the mess out of my hand. I don't know why. But I ended up losing that game 6-9, to nine, and that was a lonely walk back to my dorm. A real lonely walk there. But uh, LSU's got time. This game should be taken into high consideration by everybody. Now, upon next week, in uh, upon Monday of next week, or Sunday to open next week, I, I don't know what Vegas will have the line as. I don't know what the betting line could be. Am I saying I'm putting money on this? No, I'm just saying I'm intrigued by what the Vegas line could be. For the Tennessee game, the Vegas line was 10 In favor of Alabama, Bama covered winning the game by 14. So I have no idea what the Vegas line could be here, whether it could be higher or lower. I don't know. No earthly idea, but I'm looking forward to a great matchup, though, and a matchup that should be more so talked about, seeing how every year high implications happen for this game. But as always, Bama Nation, you want the best in news, notes, information, coverage, entertainment on your favorite uh, program, that being Bama football. You can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama magazine app. You download the app from the Apple and App Store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you got the Android phone for your audio needs. Check us out, iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm or iHeartRadio. We got you covered right there. Good and gracious Lord. See, try will be back on Monday. Continuing the conversation. It's Bama football. Gotta show some love to you, the Bama fans, for all the calls, donations, chatting, conversations, making this your show, your spot to talk all things, Bama football. guys show some love to my man, E.L. Walker, in the production studio, holding things down right there until next time folks husbands love your wives wives appreciate value those husbands children continue doing the right thing fun thing smart thing good thing legitimate thing to not be bored there be sure to get yourself those three hearty meals a day or uh, those three great laughs a day you protect yourself you protect the loved ones around you enjoy the bye week get that rest in there until next time, folks, I'm your man Stephen Smith. You've been listening to my own words.